You're listening to episode number 64 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. New episodes are released only on Self-Care Sundays, and today's episode is all about how I got featured in the Huffington Post and why I'm launching an influencer marketing agency. Before we jump into this episode, I want to talk a little bit about my favorite brand right now, Majuri. As we all know, the gift-giving season is coming up. I love the holidays, and Majuri is one of the perfect brands to go to if you're looking to gift something, some really nice jewelry to your mom, your sister, um, girlfriend, anybody in your life, even to yourself. You could totally treat yourself with some Majuri. Um, If you don't know about Majuri or you don't follow me on Instagram, I post about them all the time. They create really high quality, beautiful, minimal jewelry. They are Canadian brand. They are a female founded brand, which I love. And the quality is astonishing compared to the prices. I posted on my Instagram story the other day a comparison between a coach ring that I had bought and my Majuri ring and wearing for the same amount of time. The coach ring has shown so much more wear. It's already tarnishing, whereas the Majuri ring looks super sparkly and new still. Um, They just create such high-quality pieces. It really is worth investing in. So if you're looking to gift any jewelry this year, I highly recommend checking out Majuri. I'm going to link my affiliate link below. Um, You can save 10% off of any Majuri purchase by clicking the link in the show notes. Of course, I earn a commission from that link, but who doesn't love to save 10%? So go shop at Majuri for Christmas. Go treat yourself. Back to the episode. So as the title of this episode suggests, a lot has been going on in my life career-wise the past couple of weeks. In October, I was featured as an influencer marketing expert in a Huffington Post article And I've been featured in press before, but more for my mental health story and journey as a startup founder, kind of in my past life prior to starting this podcast. Never have I been featured as Kaylee Reed, the quote-unquote expert in anything. And so it has been a whirlwind of phone calls and emails, and ultimately all of that has resulted in the launch of my own influencer marketing agency which i'm so excited to finally be sharing with you guys and i'm going to share the whole story of how i got featured in the article and um, what this agency means now and why i decided to launch an agency But first, I think that we should start back at the beginning because if you're not super familiar with my story or maybe this is your first time listening to the podcast and you don't follow me on Instagram, you might have no idea how I even got into the influencer space to begin with. So I have about five years of experience working in digital marketing on the brand side, and my background is at a fashion e-commerce startup, which is where I got all of my first starting experiences in terms of social media strategy, Instagram management, and my first kind of dipping the toes into the influencer marketing world. And this being five years ago, influencer marketing was definitely not even really a thing like how it is now. Um, Micro-influencer marketing specifically was not a thing, but that's kind of what I started building grassroots at this brand that I was working at. And 
had basically compiled different ambassador programs and realized that oftentimes working with micro-influencers had a better ROI than working with one-time mega-influencers, and you kind of have to blend the two together to create the best influencer strategies. And so in the past two years, I've really carved out a niche for myself in the influencer marketing industry by being a go-to consultant and freelancer in this space and basically helping brands identify the right influencers, put together micro-influencer campaigns, um, negotiate outreach, basically do everything from start to finish, full service of building these relationships with influencers and then measuring and tracking the results on the back end. And so the past two years, I've been doing that full time um, as a freelancer. And I've also built my own personal brand on Instagram as an influencer, you could say, a micro-influencer for sure. Um, I have about 7,000 some followers at this point and have been building that audience for a long time, for the past five years. And over the past couple of years, have had a lot of brands start coming to me with requests to collaborate. And so not only have I worked on the brand side of putting together these campaigns, but I've also worked on the content creator and influencer side of being approached by brands and knowing what is important for influencers when we are being approached, what is really frustrating, um, and just having experience on both of those sides has really helped me to create my own campaigns now as a freelancer and know what the expectations should be on both sides and kind of have that empathy for content creators as well. So of course, understanding the brand side and what's important for my clients, but also trying to be very empathetic and understanding of what influencers are looking for out of these partnerships and how to make these partnerships most mutually beneficial. So that's my life in the influencer industry in a very short summation. So how did I get featured in a Huffington Post article? Um, I really believe that press is 20% your story, 10% who you know, and 70% good timing. So I've mentioned in the past that I've been featured in press before, outlets like BuzzFeed and MTV, and this is about four years ago, and those mostly resulted from me cold pitching my story to dozens of editors and being picked up really at the right time with the emergence of mental health becoming a really trending topic in the media. So that's how I secured press in the past. This time was pretty different um, because I wasn't really looking for press at the time, especially as a freelancer and not really still kind of figuring out how I fit into this industry. It just wasn't something that I was actively seeking out. However, the writer of the Huffington Post article, Austin Tassone, she is also an influencer, blogger, and content creator who I have worked with in the past a number of times. Uh, I've hired her for different brand campaigns I was working on, and we've kind of become internet friends throughout that. We just support each other as well on our own personal accounts. And the timing really just was right, I think, for this article. So she was writing this article um, from an influencer perspective about pricing transparency and basically asked for my thoughts and my feedback um, in terms of somebody who has hired influencers for brand campaigns and what brands are looking for. 
So I kind of just got lucky. Like, yes, obviously I know a lot about this space. I've been in this space for a long time and I feel like more of an expert than I think a lot of people that work in this space because I truly have immersed myself like a hundred percent. It's what I do in my spare time on the influencer side. It's also what I do like as my full-time job. So all that to say, yes, I have the story piece. Yes, I'm somebody with a lot of knowledge in this industry. Um, But then the 10% piece of like who you know, I just, you know, I kind of lucked out in my networking. Actually, I don't don't even want to say that I lucked out because I do actively try very hard to maintain good quality relationships with the people that I work with. And that's a really big part of this freelancing work that I've been doing. And one of my biggest goals with my work over the past two years is building this really big influencer network. So it's not even really luck. I guess it is, you know, putting in the work to to network and know people. Um, But I do think that so much of press is just good timing, you know. It was good timing that Austin was writing this article um, and that she had worked with me in the past and that she knew that I I would have opinions and thoughts about this. And so, you know, she reached out and asked me to be a part of the article. And influencer marketing right now is really trendy and people are really excited about the influencer space because there's so much opportunity and yet there's also a lot of frustrations and confusion And so it makes for a good article right now with the timing. And so all of those pieces have come together, um, which basically resulted in me being featured in this Huffington Post article, which is a really cool thing to say. And so the article goes live. Then what? (laughs) Um, I received so many phone calls, emails from strangers who read the article from basically all over Canada and U.S., Um, brands and influencers. So it was a lot of brands looking to hire me to run their campaigns, but it was also a lot of influencers, um, like big influencers with 50,000, 100,000, 300,000 followers reaching out, which was surprising to me because 90% of my work is with micro-influencers with less than 20,000 followers. And that's what I specifically was talking about in this article. So when I started having these larger influencers reaching out to me because they really saw the value in my expertise and and what I've done, that was kind of cool and and surprised me. Um, But what I learned is that a lot of bigger influencers are being undervalued and underpaid because of the industry shift towards micro. So a lot of brands um, have basically been putting more of their marketing dollars towards micro-influencers and focusing their campaigns that way because most of the time it's cheaper to work with a micro-influencer and do micro-influencer campaigns. And they also have more variety by being able to work with multiple people versus putting all of their budget into one larger influencer. And so the industry is definitely shifting um, or it has shifted over the past couple of years. However, the past few months, um, and I was talking about this with a few people in the industry while I was in New York for New York Fashion Week, the past few months, we've started to see a shift back to the macro influencer side, back to celebrity influencers, back to people with really large followings. And I think this is what we're going to continue start continue to see as a trend over the next few years um, is it's 
kind of going to balance out again because the micro-influencer space has become so oversaturated and basically anybody with like a thousand followers can be a micro-influencer. There's this question among brands, which is if everybody's a micro-influencer, does anybody really have influence? So maybe we should be putting our money back into people with real influence, like over much more wider audiences, like hundreds of thousands of people versus these micro-influencers. Anyways, that's a whole other topic for another day. But because of those industry shifts, a lot of larger influencers have seen over the past two years or so that brand budgets have decreased or brands aren't as interested in working with them anymore or they're simply just not even being approached because brands think these people are unapproachable because they have larger followings or completely unattainable because of their larger followings. And so these macro influencers just aren't getting the same opportunities as they did maybe four or five years ago. So basically the question that kept being asked to me time and time again from these influencers that were reaching out was, can you manage me? Are you representing influencers? How can I work with you? And what I learned is that a lot of these influencers are, at times when they are charging brands, making the same amount or less in some cases than micro-influencers with like 10 or 20,000 followers. And that to me was shocking because if you have 300,000 followers and you're making less money than someone with, you know, 15,000 followers, there's a total disconnect. And for me, I saw that as a really huge opportunity to help this person and these influencers that have reached out to me basically help them with everything that I've learned um, and all of the experiences that I've had working with brands, working on the brand side, pitching, negotiating, and having built up so many of these industry contacts now in the past two years. Um, I think these skills are kind of things that I've taken for granted and I don't always recognize that the business side just doesn't come naturally to a lot of people and a lot of people would just rather focus on the creative or are just much more talented at the creative side, the community building side, the stuff that has gotten them to where they are now with these huge followings. But then when it comes to how to best monetize or even just having the time to sift through emails and organize things, that's really where they're lacking. And that's what I would say is my strongest suit. Um, and that's where I come in. So... All of that has led me now to deciding to open an agency, which to a lot of people, this was really big news when I announced it. And I haven't even done like a full launch yet. I kind of did a soft launch where I was just like teasing the new branding. Um, and it is big news, but it's also something that I have been thinking about and planning for genuinely months and so it didn't feel like this massive announcement to me because to me I've already been working on this for so long um last spring I hired a branding designer to create what I envisioned this agency to be and I've basically been sitting on that branding and that idea for months now because for some reason the timing just didn't feel right to me and then with the Huffington Post article going live and all of this buzz and all these new business inquiries, it's kind of like the universe conspired to give me that push and finally launch. So the agency is called Hermana Agency, 
which in Spanish means sister agency. And in a world based on WWWs where just about every name you can imagine has already been claimed for a website or for, you know, usernames on Instagram, like literally everything is taken. If you've ever tried to start a side hustle or a business or a project and you've tried to find a domain name that is untaken, oh my gosh, it's a nightmare. But Hermana is the one name that not only was available, but also really stood out to me for so many reasons and means a lot to me. So I wanted to explain to you guys why I chose this. Um, My mom immigrated from El Salvador and I grew up learning and speaking Spanish, which is not something I'm fluent in anymore by any means, but is something that a lot of people don't know about me. And I also hired my sister to work with me as things with this agency grow. So I thought Hermana Agency was fitting. But beyond the literal translation, I also want the agency to act and feel like your big sister in influencer marketing. So giving encouraging but straight up advice and helping guide brands in a warm but non-corporate-y way. I think something that's made me appealing as a freelancer is how closely I've been able to work with brands, almost like an in-house capacity. And so moving forward, I want to maintain that closeness, even with an agency title. And so Hermana being the sister agency to many brands makes a lot of sense for this next chapter. So what does this mean for me going forward? Um, The agency is still just me and my sister at this point, and I don't really have any plans or goals to make it much larger than that, to be honest. I know that when a lot of people launch an agency or a studio or a company of some sorts, it's kind of with the idea and goal to scale eventually, but I personally love being the one with close relationships to brands and influencers and actually being the one working on and executing these campaigns versus delegating them. So the point of the agency is not to build out a team of account managers. I'm not going to be hiring people to basically do my job for me. Um, That's not where my interest lies in this, but rather to brand ourselves in a way that basically lets us do more for the influencers that we work with and under a bit more of a professional umbrella versus just my own name and face as a freelancer. Because at this point, my own name and face as a freelancer doesn't do justice to exactly what we do or what we will be doing at the agency and everything that comes with that. Um, We have a network of almost 450 micro-influencers now that we work with, and this is at November 2019 when I'm saying this. Dozens of brands that we've worked with and built campaigns for, and soon a new branch or division, if you will, of the agency, which will be exclusive representation of a handful of influencers that are more mid-tier and macro, generally meaning over 50,000 followers. And so as a freelancer, if I told people that I freelance in influencer marketing, Um, to then follow up and say, I have a network of over 450 influencers I work with and I manage a couple influencers, like all these kind of additional value adds, it doesn't fit underneath what being a freelancer typically means. And so 
I basically wanted to create the agency because public perception is important in this industry, honestly. And if people perceive me as an influencer or me as a freelancer and kind of don't really get the time to get to know me or the work that I've done, it's easy to kind of write that off versus hiring an agency and knowing that there are, you know, multiple influencers underneath that agency. It's not just me that's going to be super overwhelmed with things, but I do work with my sister, so there's more capacity to be running larger campaigns. Um, I think it's just going to set us up better for growing uh, this community and growing our roster and growing the work that we've been doing for clients in the next few years. So that's basically what this means for me and why I chose to open an agency. I want to talk a bit more about that roster of influencers that I'm going to be exclusively managing because that's basically a new and exciting thing for me. Um, As you guys know, I have managed this network of micro-influencers for two years now, and it's non-exclusive management. So basically, I will share opportunities with them, and I often will like handpick people to collaborate on brand campaigns, but they're not signing their life away. They're not like being tied to me in any way with that relationship um, versus now exclusively managing a few influencers. Uh, this is going to be those influencers, like I said, generally with over 50,000 followers um, who I'm really going to be investing a lot of time in individually, each of them. Um, I think I'm limiting it to five or six influencers, depending on how the how things just play out in the next week or so here. Um, but that roster, I've decided to keep really small so that I can dedicate the necessary time to helping each of those influencers grow and basically doing all business aspects for these influencers. So everything from pitching, negotiating, invoicing, reviewing contracts, um, setting them up with different collaborations, like literally everything on the brand side um, or on the business side, sorry. And then they basically just worry about and focus on creating awesome content, engaging with their community, the stuff that they're really good at. And they don't have to worry about the minutia. They don't have to worry about business details, sending their shipping address to brands, you know, Uh, negotiating pricing with brands, none of that is, you know, a worry for them anymore. That's basically where I come in and take care of all of that and basically help them monetize and um, create more with what they've already built. So that's the exciting new side to the agency that I'm really excited about. And like I said, keeping that roster small, but also trying to keep that roster somewhat diverse and diverse, not just meaning racially, um, but with body types and with different ages. That's been something apparent to me that oftentimes influencers that don't fit that Instagram model niche and don't have like a perfectly curated fashion feed, they're not always being chosen for representation by agencies because they're not a model type or because they just don't fit that like typical influencer persona. However, these influencers have so much genuine influence and have audiences that really are invested in what they're doing and they're creating super cool content and doing things differently and have really unique stories that are more than just, you know, posting their pretty like perfect fashion photos. So 
That to me is also something that I'm trying to maintain as a value in this agency is shedding light to more influencers that have kind of diverse backgrounds, diverse stories, um, look different than all of the influencers you see in many of these brand campaigns because something that I see lacking a lot of times in brand campaigns is diversity. Um, how diversity is almost always an afterthought. They generally have a kind of a token diverse person in their campaign or, you know, they're struggling to find people that don't look like the typical Instagram model mold. And I think that's so important because people love to see ourselves reflected in the marketing and influencers really now are the new models. Um, Brands are hiring influencers more than they're hiring professional models. And so the same way the modeling industry was kind of under attack for having very little representation of minorities and diversity and plus size and older models, like all these things, I think the influencer industry is starting to see that now too. Like obviously a lot more influencers are more diverse because there is no barrier to entry and you can become an influencer and build a following without being signed to an agency. And so in one regard, the industry is much more diverse than than the modeling industry. But in another regard, brands are still handpicking who they pay for these campaigns and who are going to be the faces of their campaigns. And so if I can have a part in helping show brands the value of why it's important to include different looking people, different looking bodies, different ages in their main campaigns, and not as a special diverse campaign or as an afterthought, then, you know, I'm going to feel like I've accomplished something by being in, in this industry. And so that is one of my goals with the roster. I'm not going to share who these influencers are just yet as some contracts and things are still being signed, but I will give you a little sneak peek and mention the first influencer on the roster who I've signed, who is Lindsay at plus size Barbie official on Instagram. And her YouTube channel is also plus size Barbie. She is so awesome and somebody who I'm hoping to have on the podcast soon also because um, I think that there's so many important things to say from her perspective, but something that she also mentioned to me when she was signing was she said, Kaylee, I don't just want to do plus size fashion campaigns. I want to do campaigns for everything. I want to do makeup campaigns. I want to do skincare campaigns. I want to do like travel campaigns. I don't just want to be known and stuck in this plus size industry as a quote unquote plus size girl because there's so much more to her than that. And so this is exactly the type of work that I'm excited about doing because that to me is exactly what making this industry more diverse looks like. It's having plus size girls in makeup campaigns and not just having plus size girls representing plus size fashion, things like that. Anyways, if you can't tell I'm really excited, I'm going to be sharing a lot more about this journey with you guys. If you want to keep up with everything that I'm doing on the agency side, um, you can go follow the agency on Instagram, which is at hermana.agency, H-E-R-M-A-N-A dot agency on Instagram. I'll be releasing the rest of our roster in the next couple of weeks, and I'm also going to use that space as 
a space for education for influencers, a space to share inspiration. Um, I don't just want to have this page as something that is limited to trying to get more brand campaigns. I really am going to use it as a tool for sharing my knowledge. If you followed me on Instagram for a while, I do like to do a lot of rants about the influencer industry and I tend to share a lot of insights on my Instagram stories. So a lot of that type of thing is going to be shifted into the agency account. So if that's something you're interested in learning more about or you just want to support and see what other talent I bring on, um, please go follow. Again, I appreciate all your guys' support so much. And that's basically all for my announcements today. Um, This was a really big kind of life update episode and... I enjoy keeping you guys along this journey with me and this is kind of going to be reflective for me too. You know, in five years I can look back and who knows where the agency will be, but I'll always have this episode to reflect on and how and see how everything kind of started. So, you know, if we make it big, you're here in the beginning with us. And uh, if you're not already subscribed to Self Care Sunday... This episode's a little bit different than the ones I usually do. Usually we're talking more about mental health. Sometimes we're doing tarot readings. Sometimes I'm interviewing guests about their own mental health journeys, the struggles of being an entrepreneur, the struggles of being an influencer, the behind the scenes stuff. Um, So if you're interested in that sort of thing, definitely hit that subscribe button. And until next time, happy self-care Sunday, everyone. 